Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number one, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. The show is about your calls, so let's start things out by going to the phones and talking to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Hey, Sam. Hey, guys. I heard something on yesterday's show I wanted to call in and make a quick point about. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question for you. For drug uh, overdose, how would you guys define that? Any of you can answer. Uh, Well, typically it means someone taking drugs and accidentally overdosing, though some people do it, um, you know, purposefully. Um, but typically it means that they're they're taking too much. Uh, they're taking a, an amount that that sickens them. In right. some has cases, some, can, some kind of terrible adverse reflect. Right. Or some in some cases, in the worst cases, obviously can kill them. Okay. And then for poisoning, in the context of food poisoning, how would you define that? Mm. Well, when food makes you sick. Well, <laughs> yes, because food in uh, in its normal capacity is not intended to make one sick, and so that would mean that the food has some sort of, uh, you know, bacteria upon it that isn't normally present, it wasn't prepared properly, and so therefore um, your body has a negative reaction to it. Right. So contrasting the two, uh, food poisoning would be more of an accidental thing, unintentional, whereas drug overdose is just consuming too much of a given product? Well, again, there's two sides, there's two flavors of drug overdosing. There's intentional drug overdose. I knew I knew a girl who you know, took 40 aspirin once or whatever, um, that's in, that's intentional. And then there's unintentional drug overdoses, which are quite frequently found in the black market, where you're dealing with uh, varying different batches of, say, heroin, for instance, and one batch happens to be stronger than uh, the previous batch, and the user doesn't know that, know that there's a, an increase in strength, and the user takes it, what um, the user takes his normal amount, but that normal amount happens to be ten times stronger than it normally is. So that would be an unintentional overdose. Okay, uh, perfect. So uh, yesterday during the show, Mark used the term alcohol poisoning, and I would suggest that there really is no such thing, but simply the uh, manufacturers of that product don't want their particular drug grouped in with the other dangerous lethal drugs like Mm. heroin and cocaine and so forth. So they've so come they up with another it, name for uh, overdose? Exactly. We call it alcohol poisoning. So that way it sounds kind of like this accidental thing. Interesting. I agree. That's That That makes sense, and I'm with you on that. Well, I'll try to remember to use uh, alcohol overdose. I think that that's, <laughs> uh, I think that's a, 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 as correct of a term um, either way, and it I, I think it's fair. So, you know, I'm with you on that. There you okay. go. That was it. Sam, great point. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. He's responding to a, a fairly lengthy conversation we had on the show last night with uh, with Toby about drugs and, and alcohol and uh, underage drinking and abolishing the, the drinking age and legalizing all drugs. And Mark was getting all upset because he you know was concerned that if all drugs were legal, then kids would be puking on his front lawn at all day, you know, all day and all night and that sort of no, thing. No, no, that's not what I was saying at all. I was just saying that um, if there was going to be there's going to be um, repercussions for making everything illegal all at once. The kids that we have out there currently are not used to a free society where, um, like in Europe, they're able to drink alcohol from, um, you know, wine or, or beer or something like that. From mm-hmm. it, 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 their parents give them to them from, you know, childhood. Um, 
you know, and I think that there's going to be some kind of lashback. And I think that, um, and all I was proposing is that an incremental step to, uh, you know, sort of temper that somewhat. That is what you were proposing, and uh, and there was some there was some extra conversation that we had after the show, and I and Toby brought up a couple extra points that I thought were were worthy of discussing, and in regards to um, underage drinking, which mm-hmm. is you know today it's an issue today it's widespread today sure. the vast majority a, a significant majority of high school students participate in this, and so it's going on right now, and I think Toby pointed out. Off the air that um, in the in the current situation, what we have now is because kids aren't allowed to drink, supposedly, you know they have to they have to conceal their drinking as much as they possibly can. So you know they can't go out to a bar, they can't go to a restaurant and and order these drinks. Um, in many cases, they conceal it from their parents as well, and so they end up doing their drinking at, at shady places. And we sort of started to touch on this towards the very end of the show. Shady sort of drinking outlets like. Uh, like frat parties, where apparently a lot of date rape and that sort of thing happens at these frat parties. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly not a, a healthy situation for our kids to be in. But the fact is, that's the, the situation that they're in right, right now today because of the drinking laws. And obviously reducing the drinking age is going to help that. But I think that doing um, re- just eliminating the drinking age is going to help that a lot sooner. Okay, yes, maybe there's going to be some lashback, as Mark terms it. Maybe a few kids are going to have a few too many drinks and go out and get a little crazy um, out in public. But you know, as, as long as they aren't damaging people's property, I don't I don't really see that as being a well, major issue. I'd rather have will, a couple. They kids. will damage people's property. I, well, then in that case, they'll be brought up on charges for that. Um, but. I'd rather have some kids going out and making a lot of noise than having kids dying or having girls getting raped and, and you know, I'm having all the, the fallout from the current laws that we currently have. I'm talking about current public – what public sentiment would be over me having to deal with somebody who can't hold their liquor, you know, and I don't want to have to deal with that. Generally, I don't, and I probably wouldn't have a lot of uh, repercussions if we um, – you know, stop the uh, stop the uh, drinking age as it was. You know, just just brought it down to zero right away. But there would be enough situations where the newspaper would get a hold of it and make a big deal out of it. Look, new law causes blah 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 blah. Well, that's fine because you know you have to remember this isn't happening in a vacuum, and and we were sort of we acted like it was happening in a vacuum last night. But you have to understand that in order for us to get to the point in a society where the drinking age were to be just completely abolished, that would take a lot of effort. I mean, it's not like next week we can just get on the air and convince everybody of this. This no. is going to be a long-term sort of a process where people are going to have to come to the understanding of, okay, it's time to grant everybody else the freedom that I would like. It it, it would be a, a paradigm shift in the population, and so hopefully people would, would go into this understanding that there's there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, some consequences. Not you necessarily... say people as though there's it's all people that will come at the same time to the same conclusion, and they certainly will not. Some people will come sooner than others. Some people are already here. Um, they yeah. believe that uh, we right. should have the That's same That's why I say it's going to take some time, Mark. This is a process that we're dealing with. I understand. You know, I remember in the late 60s and early 70s during the Vietnam War, before that, the drinking age was 21 in most states. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, you know, these kids are old enough to get killed in Vietnam, so they should be, they should be able to drink. Right. Good so, argument. Yeah, so the, drink, the drinking age went down to 18. And there were, there, there were some problems in that, that a lot of the kids, uh, there was probably more, more drunken driving deaths during that time. I remember it. And I remember when it went back up to 21 in my state, it went up like one year at a time. Then for one year it was 19, then 20, then 21. So they, they kind of phased it in back to 21. 
And I think what we have to do is we have to develop some some voluntary incentives not to be irresponsible with alcohol. I think maybe some sort of um, rating service, some reputation rating service that, that you've discussed before, kind of like a credit rating where uh, those things will affect your, your reputation. Maybe you won't be able to go to college until you can get your reputation rating to a certain level. But there, there could be voluntary incentives to prevent people from doing that without having a gun to their head. Certainly possible. I'd like to. I'd like to hear some other ideas as to how a system like that could be implemented. I don't know. I you know. I don't know if it could be in, implemented in parallel with uh, the repeal of the law. I'm not sure about that. But but either way, I mean, if you get drunk, um, I remember from the days that I where where I drank. Um, when something awful would happen, it would make me not want to get drunk again. And sure. so At least for a day. Well, <laughs> inevitably, um, no. Um, for me, it was forever. I know. Um, but but you know, I, I, I would say that the uh, many people have terrible experiences with alcohol and they drink again within a couple of weeks. Sure, they do, and that's fine. I mean, but but hopefully, if someone gets in trouble, if they do some damage to some property and they have to make restitution on that. Then maybe they'll you know learn a lesson or two um, eventually over time. Well, I have first I, hope. Hand, I have firsthand experience with this because my younger brother was a hellraiser growing up, and I actually pulled him, got him out of our state, moved him to Hawaii to straighten him out. Mm-hmm. And he was a hellraiser. He was drinking. He was drinking at 15 years old because the drinking age was 18 at the time. He, there was a liquor store that was serving him at 15. Right. And he had a, he had an account there <laughs> at the store, and and so a lot of good the laws did, huh? They didn't stop him from being a hellraiser. Exactly. Exactly. So let's let people be free and let whatever consequences from that come. It's not going to be perfect, Mark, for sure, mm. but it sure will be better than putting kids in dangerous situations that they're currently in today in order to get their alcohol and consume it, uh, which is what we're dealing with now. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So if you care about kids, I say. Legalized drinking. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 225,000 posts. Over 1,400 people interacting, lots of fun, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed, and it's all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. And that lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets. .net. Let's go into the phone calls. Ladies first, it is Diane in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, Diane. Hey, Diane. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I wanted to make a quick comment. You were talking last night. I was listening to the podcast about uh, fundamentalist religions. Yeah. And, you know, my whole dad's side of the family is the typical German Minnesota Lutheran thing. Okay. There, there's an evangelical branch of the Lutheran church. Is that so? Mm-hmm. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, my, I have one aunt who uh, is a member of an evangelical Lutheran church, and I, I just always thought that was so funny. I mean, I, I just can't picture Lutherans jumping up and down. But <laughs> They wave their arms around and fall on the floor? I, I guess. I don't know. But uh, Aren't Lu- I, Don't Lutherans play tambourines in church and stuff like that? Oh, that's the Hare Krishna. Oh, I, I think they're more the uh, hamburger casserole right. potluck kind very, of. Very, very white is uh, very. the way I would describe them. I um, thought Lutherans were uh, were mostly black. 
I no, know. No, no, no. What think, am I thinking no. of? You just got that wrong. I don't okay. know what you're thinking of. It sounds like Pentecostals to huh. me. Um, uh, and Martin Luther, he was in, I, you know. Yeah, yeah, Martin Luther. European. Lutherans are named after Martin Luther, and he was the guy who nailed the... Uh, the other Martin Luther. Yes. Not Martin, yeah, the, Martin Luther King. Right. He's the one who nailed the proclamation to the door of the church in Germany and said, look, the way the um, Catholic Church is being run today, and I think it was you know, 15, 16, whatever, um, is wrong, and you can't sell um, abolitions. Abolitions? Is that, was that the term? Um, Absten- I don't know. Ablution? Abstention. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. It, you can't sell sin, which is what the church was doing. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Send credits. It was uh, like a revolutionary against the Catholic Church. Okay, where were we going with all this, Diane? No, that's. I just want to make that comment. Mostly, I wanted to call about makeup ah, and meetups. Great. Right. Um, you guys were talking about makeup the other night, and you know, I have worn makeup and not worn makeup during different periods of my life. Really? Um, obviously, during the time that I was a truck driver, that was not practical. I did not wear <laughs> makeup. Um, there's been times when I didn't wear makeup, not because it was impractical, but because I was in a bad place mentally or um, especially during my first marriage, my only marriage, and it was a very oppressive marriage. Hmm. And to wear makeup was, um, if I wore makeup, it was, um, who are you wearing that for? I you see. Know, it, it was a very oppressive marriage. I was very young. Hmm. And... So when I separated, when I left, I started wearing makeup. And so many times in my life, wearing makeup has been sort of a a rebellion and and a, a stepping away from a bad time in my life. So okay. I think it's an accepted snobbery sometimes to say that people who wear or women who wear makeup have low self-esteem. But for me, it hasn't been that way. It has been, um, it has been something that pops up during uh, major positive change in my life. Interesting. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't want to know if it's chicken or egg. You know, I don't know if it's I'm doing it because I feel better about myself or, or um, I'm just because it's different mm-hmm. and I'm changing things in my life. Um, but I think a lot of women who don't wear makeup, don't wear makeup in a way because they don't feel good about themselves. Yeah. I like, think, why bother? I think that the, 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 you know, the whole idea of making some kind of generalization about women as to whether or not they make, wear makeup and um, not why? wear makeup is just not fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah, wife it, doesn't it, wear it a lot. A, and, and, right. It, yeah. yeah, and she does it just because I don't like it either. I like, I like her naturally. I like to look right. at her her real face and not see all the all the powder and all the stuff. I, I like to see who she is. I don't really care if she has makeup on or not. And that's that's. And I think most men don't. You think so? I, I think most men don't like makeup. I wonder about that. You know, I, that would make an interesting uh, poll for the BBS to see what at least our BBS uh, listeners think or uh, users think about that. And I find it interesting that you know you basically you kind of have the the reverse perspective that uh, that Julia does. And I think that that goes uh, that talks to what you were saying, Mark, in that you know it's different for for each woman as far as their reasons and uh, the, the mentality uh, behind wearing or not wearing makeup. I think that you know if Julia were here, she would make the argument uh, that you know just the opposite and say that well she has self-esteem and so therefore she isn't wearing uh makeup but you're saying it's just the opposite at least for, for well some and that people. was her experience though right so she's, she's looking at that whole thing through her experience and i think that her argument is completely valid i think that's often true but mm. it's not always true 
I guess is what I, I would concur. I, I, would, I would think makeup use is down over the last 10 or 20 years in this country. Really? Yeah. I think so, too. I, Especially I think, in the I think with, with younger women right now, it's actually not popular to wear makeup. I don't know about that. That's not the impression that I get, at least from the stories that I'm told about the uh, incredible amount of young ladies that uh, that sh- that Julia sees during a, on a day to day basis in the public that uh, that wear it. But I guess I guess only the statistics would bear that out as far as you know are the sales of the makeup companies up or down. Yeah, I well, guess plastic surgery is another story though. Oh, is, that, is that getting much more popular? Oh, boy. Yeah. Even among young yeah, girls, it's crazy. Isn't that basically sort of an uh, uh, almost an extension of the same sort of concept, modification, yes. I'm not satisfied with myself? So you're not doing it because you aren't satisfied with yourself, Diane. You're doing it because um, it's just a positive thing um, for you, basically. I just, I just kind of like it. I, I like it, and it's fun. And, and um, as long as it doesn't take me very much time, if, if it was uh, a big ordeal... I wouldn't do it. What sort of time are are you committing to it? Probably about ten minutes. That seems to be a little on the low side in, mm-hmm. in comparison to I what I what I've I heard. Well, why do men grow facial hair? Very efficient. <laughs> what um now um ten minutes on makeup? What about hair? How long does that take? Uh, probably even less. I just get my hair wet and fluff it up, and I'm done. There you go. Right. I, I like the minimalist uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Diane, any yeah. other thoughts? I wanted to let you know, uh, you had Vincent call in uh, last night um, from California about meetups.com, yes. mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to be the Tucson coordinator for meetups. Oh, great. And um, I think there's even more than that, because I think our meetup number is 128 or something like that. So as far as the number of people that come to your group? The, the 128th group to be formed, I think. Oh, I see. Because it's Ron Paul-128 or something like that. So now there's 128 groups already from That's when great. he signed up. And um, it costs money to be the coordinator, but I think that only one person has to pay, and then you can kind of ask for donations to get money back from cool. the other people. But I'm also thinking about doing a podcast. I'm going to ask permission from the people in the group if they'd be willing to be recorded. And I want to do a podcast that invites people to call in and talk about how they heard about Ron Paul, um, you know, how they were, you know, affected by by his message and how come they are supporting him because we're, there's not just three guys in a basement in Milwaukee. Right. You know what I mean? There, there are a lot of people, and I and that's what I want to do is try awesome. and... Awesome. I want to congratulate you for uh, for taking the initiative and taking the lead on that because somebody has to do it. And it might as well be you. And keep us informed as to um, what's going on down there in Tucson. Diane, thanks for the call. I'll let you know if I get that podcast. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. That's nevergetbusted.com. 
com. 800-259-9231. You take control. Let's go to the phones and talk to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Frank. Hi, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Great. Good, What's sir. up? Good. Good. I just was wondering, uh, well, I have two comments. One, yes. it was very interesting hearing about the uh, use of makeup. And I think, too, that all cultures, from an ethnographic or an anthropological point of view, use use makeup, men and women both, uh, and it's very interesting, especially, you know, how it sort of evolved from ancient Egyptian times through the present. But I wanted to make the comment that the makeup companies are doing incredibly well, the cosmetic industries, from a, a financial point of view. And the new trend toward marketing is to market products for men, to sort of boost the profit. So, in a sense, we have this whole notion with the invention of the term metro, metrosexual uh, that, you know, is you know, responsible for the future of the cosmetics industry, at least in North America. What sort that's of makeup, something that didn't exist years ago. What sort of makeup are they uh, targeting towards men? I think basically uh, everything from uh, sunscreen to block the UV rays to uh, different uh, conditioners. Right, mostly invisible stuff. To repair the uh, damage after the razor, you know, sort of uh, removes the layer of skin with the hair and things. Wrink, wrinkle also removers. But new colognes. Yep. And, you know, you tend to see this with, with lines like Bulgari uh, and uh, oh, what's the other company? The Bijan, the famous designer in uh, Beverly Hills and all over the world. <laughs> Very famous. But I wanted to, to, to raise, I guess, a more serious question. Yes. That yes, is... I was reading over the last 48 hours the story that broke on Reuters news service. Which one? Uh, it's, it's basically about the U.S. government via Bush and the CIA as told by academics in the United States and Europe that the U.S. is covertly destabilizing the uh, Iranian government. Yeah. Attempting to, de- to destroy their currency. And, you know... They mentioned, too, that you know, Bush has uh, approved the CIA doing this. And I just wanted to state this. I was also looking at the definition last year of the State Department on what constitutes a terrorist regime mm-hmm. or terrorism. And the fact that this current Bush policy uh, against Iran is actually makes the CIA and the United States government a terrorist organization that's sure. liable under international law for prosecution in The Hague. Well, I don't know how And I'm just sort of are. curious as to, uh, you know, the major news media has not picked up on this yet. Reuters is one of the major news wires of the world. So, I mean, I found that kind of interesting that no one is raising this, you know, in our Congress or Senate. You mean the idea that this is essentially a terrorist activity? Correct, and it's so blatantly endorsed by Bush and his quote-unquote academics that I think are directly related to the uh, Project for New American Century. We know what they did in Iran and what they've done you know, in the region of the Middle East, as well as the American Enterprise Institute. And also I wanted to say this, that uh, did you hear that the government has put a national security silence over the D.C. madam yes. and her list of, of clients, including yep. uh, Vice President uh, Cheney? Uh, Apparently he, uh, while he was president of Halliburton and even after, was using the services. At least that's what's been alleged in the European press. Yeah, I was going to say, the uh, we knew about the, the gag order on um, on the D.C. madam, but I had not heard the allegations about uh, Cheney, though. Oh, yeah, I, you know, and apparently a lot of the Saudi royals and different, sort of the uh, 
I guess the mover and shaker crowd kind of uh, has been utilizing her services, and she's very smart. I think she's going to go down. Uh, if she's going to go down, everyone's going to go oh, down. Oh, yeah, absolutely. ABC News was supposed to release the list two weeks ago, but apparently the federal government has prohibited them from doing that. And also, <laughs> I don't know. I think an undersecretary of commerce that had resigned because he was utilizing the services. And my question is this. As a taxpayer, I'm deeply offended that my tax dollars may be subsidizing uh, the pleasures uh, illegally of our, you know, high-level government officials and corporate executives sure. that are doing non-bidding contracting, you know, with uh, the U.S. government and your tax dollars are subsidizing their uh, their protection by the uh, the courts who have ordered this woman to be quiet. You know, Absolutely. I think that they've got. I think she's got. I I think you're right. She's very sharp, and I'm pretty sure she's got some other cards up her sleeve. And I would bet that before the uh, that before the gag order was applied to her, I w- I think she has already sold a portion of those names or or given a portion of those names to ABC News. That's why you saw them out that one politician. Yeah. And inevitably, I think they they're probably going to do more. Or it's just they might be waiting for the right time to do it. And, Frank, thanks for the call. We appreciate yeah, it. Guys. You know what? I think Frank, uh, man, he knows a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. He usually, com- usually comments on foreign policy and that sort of thing, and now he's talking about makeup. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I could just see a couple of those old politicians pumping up their prostheses to go over to see the madam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Two Republican presidential candidates today criticized the ABC News report Tuesday about uh, the CIA's covert plan to destabilize the Iranian regime. And this is sort of what I expected to happen, because we've seen this um, we've seen this recently in the last couple of years where the government gets all upset about whatever news organization, in some cases it was the New York Times, revealing one of their little secret programs, like in the case of the, the wiretapping program. And that's what's going on here. It's more of that uh, sort of indignation attitude uh, on the parts of Romney and Tancredo. Uh, they were shocked, apparently, to see the ABC News report regarding covert action in Iran. Uh, and the Congressman Tancredo called for an investigation into who leaked the information and condemned ABC News for, quote, running the story which could jeopardize American lives, unquote. Well, you know what? If you don't send the CIA over there to meddle in another country, right. then no one no will get nothing will be jeopardized. The ABC News story reported that President Bush had given the CIA authorization to conduct a non-lethal covert action against Iran involving propaganda, disinformation, and the manipulation of Iran's international banking transactions. Romney said, quote, The reporting has the potential of jeopardizing our national security. To put it quite plainly, it has the potential of affecting human life. We may never know. Romney said he had called the ABC News president to register his concerns. In a statement, ABC News said, quote, In the six days since we first contacted the CIA and the White House, at no time did they indicate that broadcasting this report would jeopardize lives or operations on the ground. ABC News management gave them re- the repeated opportunity to make whatever objection they wanted to regarding our report, and they chose not to. The problem so with Romney is if he talks too long, his batteries are going to wear out. <laughs> are you <laughs> suggesting he's a robot? <laughs> I kind of get that feeling. By the way, I don't know if you heard, but tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, there's a big press conference with Ron Paul and the uh, Michael Shearer, who's the former head of the CIA's bin Laden unit, to discuss mm. the flawed American foreign policy and its implications on terrorism, security in Iraq. Great. I hope somebody shows up to cover it. That's right. And I'm sure they will. But basically, they're going to explain why Rudy Giuliani's wrong on security and foreign policy and provide documentation about the unintended consequences of interventionism. Go Ron Paul. Yeah, yes, you know, sir. he's he's really it's amazing to me that he's uh he's 
on fire like he is, but people really seem to be listening to this guy, and I'm I'm glad as I can be that I've donated to his campaign, and I will continue. I saw a clip from The View the other morning where Rosie O'Donnell was sticking up for him. Three of the four. Yes, yes. we're sticking up. That's for right. Him. But Rosie, especially, I was my I was getting goosebumps. Right. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, she exciting. couldn't be a bigger Democrat. It's yeah. it's pretty exciting what's going on uh, with Ron Paul. In fact, you've got a uh, blog post about it or a blog comment. We'll get to that here in a little bit. We've got to um, roll into the phone calls here in a moment. But but I wanted to just touch back on this ABC News situation where here you are again with po- politicians railing against a news uh, the news media for doing their job and keeping an eye on what's going on with politics. And if these guys had their way, they don't propose it in this particular story, but if they had their way, they would love to pass some sort of legislation that, you know, is a restriction against broadcasting news in relation to anything that has something to do with foreign policy. Uh, they would like that sort of thing. And don't be surprised if uh, this country goes in that direction over time. Whether it be the Republicans or the Democrats, they both want that information suppressed. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site. We give them away. Uh, Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, like over 380 of our listeners have already done, uh, for three bucks a month. That's all we're asking for, and it's completely voluntary. What you do is you go to amp.freetalklive.com, first and foremost, to learn about the program, and it stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is that if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help us get on more radio stations and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible... Then send us three bucks a month. Uh, you can do it via PayPal, uh, via credit card, automatically deducted from your account on a monthly basis. There are alternative methods as well. But uh, it makes a big difference for us because that money allows us to really compete with the big boys in this business. By advertising in Talkers Magazine, for instance. Uh, we're going to be going to the, the Talkers New Media Seminar here pretty soon, which mm-hmm. is the, one of the two talk radio conventions that happens every single year. And that's a big, that's important for us, too, to be seen by the decision makers. Yep. And, Rub uh, elbows. Right. So they know that we're, uh, we're still out here and, and we're not going away. And so a lot of that is possible. In fact, almost all of uh, our outreach to radio stations is possible because of our amplifiers. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room, and forum. So get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, guess who got busted for drunk driving yesterday? Another cop. No, the no. president of the Minnesota State Senate. Oh, mm. really? Senator, Senator James Metzen, 61 years old. He you should know, know better. These young whippersnappers, they, they don't know how to drive. They don't have enough driving experience. <laughs> the, the dude was weaving around. He blew a 15, and he's up on Whoa. a charge now, a fourth-degree DWI. Wow. President of the Minnesota State Senate. Uh, now, a couple days earlier, Georgia State Representative Ben Harbin, age 43, got busted for drunk driving. Uh, a few years ago, on uh, July 31, 2004, the uh, 54 year, then 54-year-old Minnesota State Representative Tom Rukavina got busted for drunk driving and also blew a 15 like the Senate president in the next part of the building. But uh, you know what they think, them and the ones that haven't been caught yet? Mm-hmm. They think that uh, when graduation night rolls around, that all these outvoted discrimination victims are going to be gathering around at their high school graduation keggers, all 
stumped and puzzled, like, gee, Sherlock, why do you suppose they'd rather impose the drinking age on us than impose tougher drunk driving laws on themselves? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, Watson. I got accepted at a very demanding college, but I'm too stupid to figure that out. What is it that happens in these cases with the politicians getting busted? Do they get a pass? No, uh, they get uh, they lose their license and they get uh, fined. Uh, Congressman Kevin Brady, uh, when he got busted on October seventh, two thousand five, uh, he had to go to court and uh, he lost his license for thirty days up in South Dakota. He, he was from Texas, but it was in South Dakota where mm-hmm. he got busted. And uh, well, that's good yeah. to know. I mean, I'm at least pleased to know that unlike many police officers that sort of get a pass when they murder people and and harm others, um, at least the politicians are are, are you know, they're having to do some sort of penalty. There's some, yeah, but then involved. they just get a chauffeur on taxpayer expense. Do they? Well, at times they have chauffeurs. I don't yeah. know if that would fly here in New Hampshire. I don't think that No, that, no, but, but a lot of these guys like to drink, and I think it's probably just repressed guilt from stealing so much money from us all. Now, Tom, uh, we've been talking, uh, we started talking about the beginning of the show, and also last night's show, we were talking about abolishing the drinking age. Mark thinks that uh, we should knock it down one year at a time, year after year, so 20, then 19, then 18, and then so on. And I say make it all go away all at once. Where do, uh, where do you stand on that issue? Well, uh, I could go for, you know, a phase it out such as uh, today is 23 May of 2007. So the cutoff, therefore, is uh, 23 May of 1986. And instead of going to 24 May for tomorrow, bring it up like a week uh, more. So it will be 31 May of 1986 would be the cutoff tomorrow. One week every day. And so that over the course of three years, it's totally wiped out. Twenty, it's reduced by twenty-one. So years. kind of halfway between yeah. what Mark was suggesting. What I, I don't have a problem with that, but I do. But I think that you're giving store clerks a, a lot of yeah, exactly, and bartenders too. Well, what you, uh, the thing is, if the New Hampshire State Supreme Court were to strike down the underage drinking statute today. I think that probably 99% of the outvoted discrimination victims would know about that uh, probably within the first few hours. Mm -hmm. So the idea that we can't tell them that if you drink too much, you can die is totally absurd. Or how they supposedly don't know any better than to drink and drive when it's uh, all over their driver ed courses and it's all over the driver the state driver's license exam. They know better. I mean, they do. I, I remember well, being a young person, and, and my friends were very concerned about that sort of thing at that time. So they definitely know better than that. I, oh, yeah, they definitely know better, and uh, there's no excuse for punishing an individual for crimes committed by another individual. You don't have any incentive to be responsible if you're going to be punished anyway. And what you were bringing up earlier is uh, crimes like date rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she can't call the cops because she'll get arrested for being underage and intoxicated really? at the same time. Even if, yeah, even if you don't have a beer in your hand nowadays, they get you for... That's true. It's called internal possession. And there's another scam I need to warn people about, okay? And that is, uh, you know how they have these sting operations where they send an undercover uh, t- teenager to go in and yeah. buy beer at the store? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Now they have them hang out in front of the store and ask you to go in and buy for them. Oh, and, and when you, you do, oh then, then you goodness. get arrested. So you have, to, you have to smile and nod and say, you are 21 years of age, right? 
And see, then they can't say yes because then it's entrapment. Ah, great point, Tom. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, I bet that if you get a uh, attractive young lady uh, age 20 and put her out in front of a store like that, I bet you would be able to get guy after guy to say yes and uh, and go in and buy and try to buy some alcohol. And then, yeah. then they walk out and get arrested. That's Ooh. awful. Yeah. This needs to end. And it's time to abolish the drinking age. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airways. Uh, you know what? Let's see. Let's go to Jeff. Uh, Jeff in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeff? Hi. Hey. Um, <clears throat> I finally got around listening to the uh, debate, and Giuliani was picking on Ron Paul. And, you know, this thing with the CIA where the ABC got rebuked mm-hmm. by the politicians for for – uh, advertising or whatever you want to call reporting. it, the CIA, reporting the, the CIA thing. Right. That's why Ron Paul got blasted, because he was saying that we're going over there, we're making them angry at us, we're making them hate us, because we're sending CIA over there, Since we're sending the military over there. And here they are telling Ron Paul that, you know, how wrong he is for, you know, their idea is that they hate us because we have everything, we're free and all that. Absurd. Yo, it's, uh, I'm getting really fed up, but right. I know you guys are too. But I got a couple other things to say. There, there's um, uh, the military. You're talking about the uh, privatizing the military mm-hmm. the other day, and this uh, a guy called in, and he's you know he was getting all over your case about it. But you kept bringing up defense, and the military has never been for defense. If you look at the Constitution, it's uh, it's to overthrow a tyrant government, and it's offensive. The, the military has always been offensive. It's we true. The founding country. fathers knew that, and that's we why. Been, right, right. That's why there was a. Uh, there's a part in the Constitution that basically says the uh, army is not to stand for more than two years uh, at a time. Right. Um, and it was only to be formed in the event that it was actually needed for something like a, a defensive purpose. And the, the founding fathers knew that having a standing army around was a huge temptation for those who want power. Right. A huge uh, uh, expense well, too. What's that? It was a huge expense, is what Wayne said. Your your thoughts? Right, and it was also it was it was offense though. It wasn't defense. It was to overthrow a tyrant government. Yep, and, That's and, and what the Constitution says. Yep, and I say that if somebody wants to go on the offense, if some somebody wants to go around the world and blow things up and kill people, then they should fund it on their own. They should get together with their other similarly, uh, you know, bloody-minded uh, friends and all throw some money into a pot and hire some mercenaries, and they can go and assassinate and kill and blow right. things let up. Right. Let the politicians pay for it out of their own pocket. Or, or the individuals uh, that, that the support individual. that idea. And that way, if uh, yeah, if those Right. That way, if the people that are getting blown up want to get back at someone, then they can go and get back at the individuals who funded the operation instead of attacking random people in America that not necessarily didn't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Jeff, final well, another thing. Another thing is this. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about the uh, the Real ID Act. They say by 2008, by January, we're going to be uh, having to show our ID cards at every border in the United States. Well, the uh, the borders are going in January 2008. You're going to have to have a passport actually to get back into the United States. As far as real ID is concerned, no, no, not the United States. These are from state to state. Oh boy, that you go sounds from state to state. Nasty. You have to show your ID. That I've not heard. We'll keep you up to date. And uh, thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. Hour number two is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Well, we uh, we had a call, uh, Jeff from California, at the end of last hour. He brought up Ron Paul, and I figured it would be appropriate time to continue talking about Ron Paul, because... In my opinion, the man is newsworthy. Oh, big time. He's, he's doing things that are worthy of talking about, and apparently a lot of America is actually talking about Ron Paul. We, um, I didn't mention it last night when we just, uh, brought him up, Mark, but Ron Paul is still the number one most searched for phrase on blogs. Uh, according to Technorati.com, he is number one and has been number one now for three or four weeks. Which is YouTube pretty, also. That's a pretty big deal. YouTube is skyrocketing in yeah. subscriber count. Now with over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube to his uh, his channel, compared to Obama, who has yet to eclipse 6,000. And uh, he's, I mean, it's just doing an incredible job doing uh, liberty-oriented outreach on the Internet. He's making a, a big impression. In fact, Wayne... You were looking at a, a message thread recently about Ron Paul, right? What, what was yeah, it? Yeah, it's a political blog from the New York Times called The Caucus. And on Monday's edition, there was a blogger named Catherine Seeley who posted a small entry there, basically kind of summarizing what the press is saying, how he's barely registering on the public opinion polls, but yet on the web, he's real popular. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's a smear piece, but it wasn't real positive either, kind of implying that libertarians are these computer geeks who sit in dark rooms and and (laughs) want to be left alone by themselves. And, you know, that whole baloney line of baloney that they're they're trying to put out there but there are over 300 comments so far to that blog post from monday and i was reading through them and what i found really interesting is that i mean they were overwhelmingly positive with even a lot of so-called progressives and democrats saying they were going to vote for ron paul they were actually going to register as republicans and vote for ron paul well you mentioned uh last hour that rosie o'donnell on the view was very favorable towards ron paul as were uh, two of the other view hosts so three yeah. of the four hosts were very favorable towards him i also saw a clip from bill maher's show recently where he called ron paul his personal hero that's right uh, because of the fact that he stood up for for his beliefs uh on the, the the stage of the republican debate and now as a result of his performance bill maher is having him back on his show this friday, friday night yes friday right and also we were talking about earlier about that uh press conference tomorrow morning with the former head of the, the, CIA, the CIA bin Laden unit. But I was reading through all those posts, uh, uh, those comments to that one blog entry, and what I came across one I think you'll like. It's, uh, it's Let's see, it's number 202 out of 300 so far. Okay. And he says, America, please do not vote for Ron Paul. As a, <laughs> as a former businessman, if Ron Paul becomes president and is successful, my company will be unable to compete. His success will mean my American competitors will not continue to be overtaxed, your currency will not be continually debased, and we will not continue to get foreign deals that we get simply because many companies would rather buy from us than any American company because of how you have made yourselves so unpopular with your foreign interventions. If you don't think we subtly or blatantly slander American companies when competing, you're being naive. If you think it doesn't work, you're delusional. Your terrorist paranoia and arrogance and corruption of Washington has made you an international pariah. The strength of the entrepreneurial nature of your citizens will mean you will not only continue to dominate world economic affairs, but your growth rate will be phenomenal. This will be a disaster for us. 
No, wait. If you begin to trade freely instead of in a managed way, your reputation is restored, and we again will be able to enter your country without being treated as suspected criminals by clueless bureaucrats. It will be fantastic for business and world peace. Maybe it will even force other countries of the world, including mine, to stop being so blatantly socialist. Mm. Ron Paul, 2008, with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. I think he's. Uh, I think. Well, obviously, he starts out being facetious and then gets gets serious toward the end. But um, I think I think he's right. If if America were to get back to its roots of liberty and actually have freedom again, I mean, real freedom, like we talk about on this show, uh, the absence of government intervention and involvement in individuals' lives. The ability to uh, keep all the money that you earn, spend it, save it, and give it away in the way that you think is best. Real liberty. Uh, that would encourage other countries to um, move in a more pro-freedom direction simply because of the fact that, presuming uh, we would have liberty as re- in regards to immigration, that they're going to lose citizens to the United States if they don't make, if they don't make a change. That's right. And, and, I'm sorry, oh, I was going to say, ju- and judging from a lot of those, blo- those, those comments... I think people are starting to realize and wake up to the fact that there's a dark cloud over America now, socialist totalitarian cloud over America that we need to get rid of. It's up to us to, to take action in a peaceful way. Well, I don't think the world sees socialism, um, a socialist cloud over America, cause, because the cloud that we have over us is thinner than uh, most of the world has over it. But um, I do think they definitely see the uh, the empire that we are building, and and they don't like it. They yep. they don't you know even if we're telling them the right thing to do with their country, they don't want to be told because people yearn for freedom. And I hadn't really this guy pointed out that uh, you know our foreign policy makes it more difficult for American businesses to compete in the world market, and I had never really considered that as a possibility. That makes perfectly good sense. I yeah. mean, if you have the chance, um, the opportunity to buy, um, Ian, if you have the opportunity to buy from a company that's in uh, North Korea or one that's in uh, Costa Rica. Which one are you going to pick? Costa Rica. Just just based on you know just based on that um, one piece of information, you likely would go with the one in, in Costa Rica because people make decisions not for logical reasons but for emotional ones. I'd even pay a little bit extra to buy from Costa Rica as opposed to North Korea. Yeah, because I, I know that my money would be going to subsidize uh, Kim Jong Il. Right. Uh, uh, well, maybe it would. Maybe the the one company that you're buying from in uh, North Korea would be the the one that. Uh, can't say anything about Kim Jong Il because they have their heads lopped off. But you know they don't support him, and and you would be the yeah. But I think pretty much everything. I think pretty much everything's state run over there. Pretty I don't much. think there are companies. <laughs> it's all the states. Uh, let's go to the phones to Joe in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hey Joe. Hey, how are you, how are you guys doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, part of my rap is that uh, I'm registered as an independent, but I. I've always said I'm so right, I'm left. I'm so left, I'm right. Uh, I lean Democratic, but I feel like I'm a Ron Paul Democrat. I think there are going. I think there are going to be a lot of Ron Paul Democrats this yeah. year. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm for the Constitution, and um, one of my questions for you guys, though, then, uh, you want to talk about Ron Paul? You want to talk about libertarianism? First of all, it's too cold in New Hampshire in the winter. <laughs> That's why they make heat. You can't tell me that. I was born and raised and spent 35 years living in Florida. I came up here. I made it. I know it's cold. It is cold. I wouldn't lie to you about that. But if I can do it, anybody can. Anybody can. can. Yep. It goes by fast. Yeah, I've traveled up there. I've done a lot of northeast Maine and uh, Vermont, New Hampshire. 
I, it, it really does feel good up there, and I like snow. It's beautiful. Can, um, you know. you know, let me tell you, it but, feels even better, uh, Joe, once you finally get up here and you not just tour around, because it is a pretty place, but it feels even better once you actually meet up with some of the uh, the great liberty-oriented activists up here uh, at, at events like uh, like Porkfest coming up this summertime and uh, the Liberty Forum. We're just turning out to a protest just to see how many people are actually getting active and getting involved in both politics and civil disobedience and, you know, different things for uh, for people to do to promote liberty. It's happening here, and it's just not happening anywhere else, my friend. It's happening everywhere, and that's one thing I can I've told every state east of the Rockies, and that's one thing to know, that there are good people all over this country, and I think people are starting to wake up. They yeah, may but be, not but doing um, anything. I can tell you, I was in Sarasota for a long time, and, uh, you know, not active in um, the Libertarian Party, but... You know, I was active. Uh, Ian drug me around to a couple of places, and there, there's nothing like this. If you think that it, people are waking up, and and Sarasota is some kind of indicator of that waking up, because I can't say what it's like any place but Sarasota, Joe's Florida. in Ohio. Um, but if you think that that's the that's the case, then you've seen nothing yet. Well, first I'll, I would encourage everybody because I just did this today. Finally, it's always on my list, and I'm I'm in my 40s, so I'm kind of digitally challenged. Mm-hmm. I have not checked out your website yet. Okay. But um, I'm sure I will now. Cool. That's but good. Go to Ron Paul's website and sign up, and you can forward his website to other people that you know that might not know about Ron Paul. Absolutely. You don't want to just preach to the converted. we got to start talking to people like my mom and dad who are totally, you know, Republicans in suits and ties. What are and they? On, uh, have, you, have you uh, have you brought them up? Have you brought up Ron to uh, mom and dad? Oh, I have a little, but that was a couple months ago when nobody had ever heard of him. And have they commented since the uh, the debates? Well, I mean, they live far away from me, so I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot this summer. Let it's us know what happens, family. Joe, and, and thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I think you're going to see a lot of people, you know, getting activated and talking to people that they might not have ever considered talking with them about politics before because they're because it's so important. And a lot of that 50% who don't vote right now might vote. More on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, including archives. Entire year's worth of the, sh- uh, year's worth of the show right there, front page of the site, for your downloading convenience, you just go get them for free at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. That's about a month away. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot Come. Let's go to a man who may be in attendance at Porkfest. It's Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Yeah, it looks like I'll be there. Excellent. Well, um, I wanted, I be, well, I wanted to call and let you know about something that happened on May 17th uh, in Summersworth. Uh, one of our uh, members, Tim Logsdon, he's a, I think he's either a friend of the Free State Project or a Free Stater. I'm not sure which, but he, uh, I think he already lived in New Hampshire before the uh, state was picked. But anyway, he was uh, questioned by two Secret Service agents on May 17th. Mm. I think it was two. And uh, they were uh, basically questioning him because he's a student, I think, at the University of 
New Hampshire, and there was going to be some political, you know, U.S., I don't know, maybe a presidential candidate or something at the UNH. And uh, just because he's uh, got, because he's been to visit Ed Brown a few times, mm-hmm. they came and questioned him. Is that, did the, did the Secret Service agents actually say that was the reason why they questioned him? No, they gave another reason initially, but then they started asking him questions about his association with Ed Brown. Really? You know, yeah. Dave, you know, Dave. Uh, ye- yesterday, I did I did a Google map search of an address in New Hampshire. It wasn't even in Plainfield. It was about three towns away, and it apparently was an invalid address. And 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 I got the Browns. It actually the Browns house came up on there. Somebody at Google <laughs> coded that in. Isn't that strange? That is bizarre. Now. So uh, they're poking around asking um, Ed Brown, asking Ed Brown supporters questions, or at least this is the first one that we know about. Um, do, where did this go? I mean, they just asked him a bunch of questions. Did they? Did it? Did it escalate from there? Where did? Where did this end up? I don't know all the details. I just saw you know a post about it um, on uh, nhfree.com, on the, which posted on the 17th, and uh, I would, would I shouldn't say too much about exactly what was in the post because I'd be all third hand. I, I mean, I've forgotten much of what was in the post. I just know he was visited. They initially apparently gave him some sort of. Uh, thing about him maybe having a name that sounded like someone else's name or something like that that they were suspecting, uh, and then they started asking him about the Browns. Hmm. But beyond that, I wouldn't want to give too many details because I don't really know that I'd be accurate. Right. I, I did call the Secret Service, the Concord, <laughs> New Hampshire branch, Yes, I think it was yesterday, and they... Uh, How'd that go? Can you hear me? Okay? Yeah, yeah we got you. we're just laughing at uh, the idea <laughs> that you would call the Secret Service. I love it. <laughs> I call them all the time. <laughs> well, no, I've called them. This would be the third time I've called them. But um, the uh, know that what they uh, what they said. The lady answered the phone was real nice, uh, and I you know I said you know hey I, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I just expressing my concern. And uh, she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put you on with the agent that talked to him. <laughs> so she put the agent that interviewed Tim on the line. But he he was pretty terse. He just said, "Well, thank you for your concern." Uh, did did uh, the the fellow who was questioned did he have any idea how they knew that he had visit visit the Browns? Well, I'm sure he must have. I mean, I, we've all posted about it on the forums. Yeah. They read our forums, mm-hmm. um, so at least some fans read our forums, and uh, that may be a, a reason why. They I would I would guess that would be it. I mean, he's been pretty out out in the open about his. Uh, his visitations to the Browns. He was there when I was there, and uh, and he's he's one of our amplifiers as well. So um, you know what? That's that's fine. I mean, if they want to come around and ask questions, you certainly don't have to answer them. But he did, so that was his choice to uh, to get involved with them in that way. And I read his justification for doing that, and it was pretty much my justification when the uh, attorney general's uh, guy came here uh, to the to the studio to ask me some questions. And you know, if they're being nice and they're being reasonable, I don't see any reason. I won't. Why I won't talk to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to give them, you know, a incriminating evidence or anything like that. But if they're being reasonable, I that's say that's when talk they to cease them. to be reasonable. Yeah. Well, t- you know, Tim's a great guy. He's just a joy to talk to, and you know, uh, it's a it's a chance to it's a chance to share liberty with these people when they come in and try to persecute you or, or even just ask you questions. For me, and I see I, it. I see it as just an opportunity to get experience dealing with these people because you know yeah. they have a certain way about them, way they ask questions. Um, you know, to, to sort of just get a, a get a line on them for for once, and and uh, and just try to better understand what their tactics are like. And you know, the best way to deal with that and to uh, to adjust to, in many cases, the nervousness of dealing with an authoritative bureaucrat is to interact with them as as much as you can, so you can remember and remind yourself. 
you have to constantly, at least I do, you have to constantly tell yourself that this is another, you know, regular person. They're they're trying to act as though they have authority and act big and tough, but when in fact they're just People. another human being. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to remember. And you're also showing them that you're real, really no threat to society whatsoever. Yeah. Dave, by, any by other thoughts? By interacting civilly with them. Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing, nothing I can think of. Uh, if anybody wants to call... Uh, uh, and like I did, you know, just look up uh, New Hampshire, you know, Concord Secret Service on the internet, and you can find their number pretty quick. There you go, and go you online. Ask questions at, uh, just like I did. Go online at nhfree.com and uh, get interactive with uh, the uh, the activists there. Thanks for the call, Dave. We yeah. appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the toll free number. Mark, you look like you want to jump in here. No, I no? got nothing to say. I'm just. Taking it all in. I agree with you, Wayne, that um, it's important because then you can show them that you aren't, you know, some dangerous criminal hiding out, uh, you know, in your weapons cache, uh, just waiting for someone to, to shoot. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the next Jeffrey Dahmer. That's right. And, and they're going to start saying, oh, those free staters, they're, they're not hurting anybody. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And then maybe they'll leave us alone, which would be really nice. 1-800-259-9231, because I don't want them to arrest Dave. Uh, I don't want them to arrest Lauren Canario, who has uh, has been quoted in the newspaper that she is more than happy to go and uh, give aid and assistance to Ed Brown and his wife. Which, by the way, in case you don't know who we're talking about there, I should have probably reset this earlier. Ed Brown and uh, Elaine Brown, husband and wife, they're, uh, they're holed up in their house in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Um, essentially, if they leave and... Um, the feds pick them up. They're going to go to a jail cell because there was a trial in regards to so-called tax evasion. Of course, they were found guilty. And um, Ed, Ed Brown doesn't want to go to jail. I mean, he hasn't harmed anybody. He's just kept the money that he earned and decided for himself what to do with it. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. No one has uh, no one has been brought to harm by the actions of, of Ed Brown. And, and Ed has basically just pointed out that, you know, I'm 63 years old. Um, and I wanted to make a better life for myself, and I I wanted to decide what my future was going to be, and you know I I kept my money, and I decided made those choices, and I shouldn't have to go to a jail cell because of that. And so basically, what he's told the feds is that if you come up and try to take me to a jail cell, then I'm going to shoot you. That's I mean he's pretty much said said straight up. You come to my house, try to take me or my wife away, and uh, you well, guys might be leaving in body bags. The feds the feds see that as a threat. Because they should, according, you know, what they believe is we own America, we are the officials, you have to do what we say, so if you in any way, um, you know, if you say that you're going to shoot us in, uh, you know, enacting our official duties, mm-hmm. then you're threatening. Well, you know what, it doesn't matter, though, to Ed Brown, because he, <laughs> he just doesn't care what they think. And it seems clear that even if they think it's a threat, they haven't done anything about it yet, he's still up there, still well, up there in his Waco. house. Well, they, that's right. They don't want another Waco because now all you know, all eyes are watching. It's easier for people to know what's going on because of the internet, and that's probably one of the main reasons why Ed Brown is still living, or at least still semi-free. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More on Ron Paul and slavery coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, and it's free at wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Our number is 800-259-9231. Continuing sort of... It's a sort of a side topic from doc, uh, from Dr. Ron Paul or uh, about Ron Paul, and it's a story that appeared on Lou Rockwell to, uh, LouRockwell.com today. Fight the slavers in regards to uh, in regards to the draft, which one uh, one at least one presidential candidate is now ta- is now calling for. Uh, we'll get into that here in a moment, but uh, calls rolling in. You got to we got to take those. Let's go to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. What's um, up? We uh, we were just uh, listening uh, about uh, Ed Brown. Yes. And I just had a uh, question of what and what you thought about this. What if the government tries to put a spin on this, saying, "Okay, well, if you're not going to come out and we're not going to be able to put you under arrest, we're just going to sit here and babysit you for the next five years and consider this a a moral victory, uh, since you obviously you're not going to be able to enjoy your limited freedom." We've done what we said we were going to do. We were going to put some kind of punishment on you. Yeah, but that's not a win. But that's not a win for the government. They want what they want. They want him to go to a jail cell. They want to show, they want to make an example out of Ed Brown. And then, once they get him out of his house, they want to take that house. Because according to the uh, the verdict, they get to take the dentist's office uh, from his wife and the house. Well, they likely have already gotten the dentist office. Yes, and, um, yes they, they have. Will, they, if, once Ed Brown and uh, Lane Brown go on to their destiny, they will they will definitely get the house because there'll be a lien right. on it and whatever um, heirs won't want to fight the government over it. So they'll get what they want. And in the process, um, he's right, really, that, uh, that they're ha- under house arrest. Yeah, but they're not going to be satisfied. And, and from what I am told, Ed Brown has left the house. As I understand, it. Uh, you mean on a, on occasion has left on the house? occasion has left the house in order to go shopping or something. Like he wears that. a wig or something. I don't know how I don't know how it, he gets out. I don't know why they don't pick him up. Maybe they just don't want to get you know into a gunfight in a parking lot or something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure, but um, I don't think the government would be satisfied with that because then that would just simply say to everyone in America. I mean, the the message. You know how government's always concerned about sending the wrong message. Uh, the message would be that well, if you get in uh, in trouble, don't go to court like Ed Brown didn't. He uh, he. He was in court for a, for a few days. He wanted to present the case that he wanted to present. The judge wouldn't allow him to do that. He got fed up, threw his hands up, and said, all right, that's it. I'm not coming back. And he didn't. So the, essentially the message is there. You can do what Ed Brown did and not have to go to a nasty old prison. And you know what? That sounds like a good deal to me. I mean, Mark, um, instead of spending nine years in, uh, in prison, if you, know, if you could have just gotten out of it by staying home, wouldn't that have been better? Well, I don't. I didn't really have the option, um, but uh, anything would have been better. Living under a bridge right. in a box would have been better. But that wouldn't have been what the government wanted. The government wants punishment. The government wants Ed Brown in a prison cell. So it's not going to be good enough. I see where you're coming from, but they're just not going. It's not going to be good enough for them. Yeah, I, I, I'm now starting to see your point. I just thought that was kind of uh, comical. Uh, one other note before I let you guys go in peace. 
uh, you guys were discussing abolishing the, the, the drinking age. Yes. Um, and you had brought up a point, Ian, that uh, if somebody were to do something stupid, uh, made a fool out of themselves in, in any way, that they would rethink their whole drinking ritual. And I, unfortunately, am one of those people that over the Christmas holiday uh, kind of over-celebrated a little bit mm. and tipped my car into a ditch. Whoa. Um, and thus, I now owe the state of Oklahoma about five grand before this is all said and done. Why? Because uh, uh, I was drunk. Well, you've got the DUI charge, then you've got the speeding or reckless driving charge, mm. then you've got the failure to pay, uh, maintain attention charge, uh, then you've got the stay. That you, you actually have to pay uh, when you're incarcerated. You get to pay for that stay for the night. Uh, Man, it just makes you want to take up drinking, having to pay all that money back. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I've only got, I've got oh, well, uh, on a side note, I've already paid off a couple of the fines and stuff, but I've still got like three more, four more fines to pay, then my reinstatement fee. Jeez. And then I get to pay the insurance company a whole lot of cash because, <laughs> well, I've got points against my driving record. Right. So, but I I I do kind of see both points. I personally wouldn't want the the uh, the age to change, only because then we'd have to see more Mad Mother commercials. You wouldn't want you wanted to keep it at twenty one, just because I, I would rather keep it at twenty one. Because if you lower or abolish the drinking age, you're going to have all these activists come out and against it, and they're going to buy up all the television time, and. Then I'm going to have to like while I'm watching my favorite. Uh, oh, boo hoo, Bill! Then turn off the you know turn off the TV if you don't want to see that, or, or mute the commercials. I mean, you know, the fact is, uh, if we're moving towards abolishing the drinking age or lowering it to 18 or whatever, obviously, Mothers Against Drunk Driving is going to come out in force against it, and they're going to do it before the law is passed. And so it's not going to be an easy fight, but it's uh, nonetheless one worth fighting because the laws are insane and they aren't protecting kids. They're just putting them in more danger. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's right. We shouldn't have freedom because Bill wants to watch television without seeing a mad commercial. Because some, some people might make some noise about it. <laughs> 800-259-9231. William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com writes about John Edwards. John Edwards may end. And this isn't a. You know, I don't care about John Edwards. Ugh. Who the hell is he? He's just another politician. But his, um, his and one view, that will not win the presidency. His viewpoint here is worth talking about because he wants a return to the draft, uh, and he may have performed an unintended service for the Ron Paul presidential campaign. First, he's decided to position himself as an anti-war candidate, a move that attests to the political potency of that issue. Though I think it's p- important to clarify that people like John Edwards are anti this war. They're not anti-war, they're anti-this war. Right. And he wasn't even anti-this war in the beginning of this war. Right, I mean, the, uh, whole, the, the whole Bosnian conflict was um, done all on Clinton's watch. Exactly. So if war is uh, politically expedient for the Democrats, they're more than happy to get into it. First, uh, so second, Edwards has endorsed the proposal to reinstitute slavery in the form of conscription for both military and non-military purposes. This exposes him as a consummate fraud and opportunist, a fact that will throw Dr. Paul's authentic anti-war convictions into sharp relief. Edwards has also handed the Paul campaign a nearly ideal unifying element to build a youth movement that could, I'm not saying it will, but that it could redefine the 2008 electoral landscape. Through the simple and repeated act of telling the unadorned truth about the impact and consequences of Washington's imperial foreign policy, Representative Paul ignited the blogosphere. As we mentioned earlier, Ron Paul's the number one search for phrase out of all the blogs on the Internet. 
Uh, he infuriated the gatekeepers of the Bushist cult and provoked astonished approval from those parts of the voting public who want to be treated as adults. His message, digested to its essence, is that our rulers have led our nation into disrepute and impending bankruptcy by bullying the rest of the world, and this must stop immediately if we are to have any prospect of avoiding outright dictatorship and penury. Rarely, if ever, has a national political figure of any stature called attention so forcefully to the inescapable connection between an imperial foreign policy abroad and the constriction of liberty at home. And in the fashion in which Dr. Paul has done so, that is, speaking the truth in language devoid of cant or other rhetorical artifacts, retaining his composure and dignity among the theatrical faux outrage of the establishment lickspittles like Sean Hannity and aspiring dictators like Rudy Giuliani, has elevated his message above Republican primary politics. He has achieved a transpartisan status by speaking about freedom as the common ground. And that, that speaks back to what Wayne was talking about, looking at these blog posts, these comments from so-called progressives who are aligning themselves with Ron Paul, who may even change their uh, voters' registration to, to be a Republican so they can vote for this guy. He says, I suspect that Dr. Paul's success in capturing the public imagination through an anti-imperialist campaign influenced John Edwards to rebrand himself as an anti-Iraq war candidate. Absolutely. And that's probably the case. And you're going to see more of that. As candidates start to realize that this Ron Paul guy's got a popular message, you'll see them slowly adopt certain elements of what he's saying. They'll never go as far as Paul, and that's a good thing, because... Paul needs uh, to be the only one in the pack like that. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. All of the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Though, if you want to help support the show, there are some easy ways to do that, and one of those ways is by shopping at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and place your order today. We've got some great products, uh, products that we introduced last year, of course. Uh, there's a huge selection of that. And then there's the brand new products that are uh, just now becoming available. We're just now placing the orders from there, so they're still in a pre-order phase, like the Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. There are only a hundred of these available, running a limited edition because, well, we're just not electronics retailers. It would be stupid for us to buy a thousand of these things and then have us lose all of our money on those. So we have to keep the order limited, which means that you might not get one if you don't order soon. Go to store.freetalklive.com. They're two-gigabyte MP3 player, flash drive, FM tuner, and voice recorder all rolled into one with a cool Free Talk Live logo on it as well. Then there's uh, the new Free Talk Live clothing, like the Free Marketeer t-shirt, the Free Talk Live ladies tee, available in two different colors, by the way, the Free Talk Live hoodie, uh, two two different hoodies, the pullover style and the zippered style, the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap, the Free Talk Live lighter bottle opener combo, and more, all there, store.freetalklive.com. Com. So we're talking about Ron Paul and uh, this John Edwards guy who has sort of realized that Dr. Ron Paul, who of course is taking a, a very strong anti-war stance, uh, as the founding fathers would have would have done, I think, and uh, this Edwards cat is trying to sort of absorb this concept. He's now coming out and rebranding himself as an anti-Iraq war candidate. Now, there's a difference between being an anti-Iraq war candidate and an anti-war candidate. And I think Ron Paul is going to end up making that very clear if he ends up, uh, you know, in a debate against this guy. It's a good point because uh, John Edwards' party is, isn't the one in office right now propagating the war. That's right. 
but but as a Democrat, he uh, he's just just like any p- power mongering Republican. He would be more than happy to send troops into any other country, just as long as it's not Iraq. Right, and likely, um, you know, all he thinks is that uh, you know this there isn't a good reason for this war. Right. Um, there's good reasons for war, and I do believe there are good reasons for war. But I have a principle on that: we need to be attacked. First, yeah, um, defensive war, and and you know, which so Ron Paul supports. By if the way. he gets in power, then it's likely he'll find a good. It's possible that he'll find a good reason for this particular war. I don't, I, I don't see one, and certainly it would be political suicide to do such a thing. No, he'll find a reason for a war that he wants to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's nothing principled, according to Mr. Grigg, uh, William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com, about Edward's current position. It would have taken a measure of courage to oppose the war clearly and forcefully in March of 2003. As Ron Paul did. Every other presidential aspirant on either side of the narrow donkey pachyderm divide is a collectivist <laughs> of some variety, from militarist nationalists like John McCain and Tom Tancredo to technocratic corporatists like Mitt Romney and Hillary Clinton. John Edwards is trying to get some of that post-New Deal labor movement popular front mojo going for him by opposing the war and calling for enactment of the eighth plank of the Communist Manifesto, which dictates a universal liability of all to serve. As the state ordains. Quote, this is what he said uh, recently, right here in Keene, because uh, he was speaking at some political deal. Uh, Anyway, quote, one of the things we ought to be thinking about is some level of mandatory service to our country so that everybody in America, not just the poor kids who get sent to war, are serving this country. What a demagogue ambulance chaser. We have people from all walks of life in America who are serving, including reservists and National Guard. What we want to do is to have all Americans have a chance to serve their country. Well, that's lovely. Wait, don't I already have that chance? I mean, I can go and sign up anytime I want to (laughs) join the military. It's not a chance to serve the country, my friend, because if they give you the chance and you turn them down, what happens? They're going to come after you. Yeah, they're going to put you in jail. So this isn't service. Wait, I don't want to go to jail. It's it's not service to the country, and it's not a chance. This is slavery. That's and exactly what it's it conscription. is. Conscription. And they can also expand militarism around the world if they have more bodies. Yep, and uh, not only that, but the, but it's also it's not just a military slavery now, Wayne. They've expanded it um, because they're not. You're not going to hear John Edwards ever call this the draft because this is. National service, which means that if you object to the military, it's okay. We'll uh, bring you in and you can pack boxes for uh, the Peace Corps, or you can come build picnic tables for the Parks Department or something like that. So they'll, they'll bring you in and, and you will still be a slave. You'll still be conscripted. It's just that some people will be allowed to say, no, don't put me in the military. Oh, believe me, there'll be a lot of people who get handed guns later on down the road. What do you mean? Well, you could, you might go in and say, no, I w- don't want to go in the Army, but they can make it so lousy for you that eventually you might beg to grab a gun and shoot. I see where you're coming from. That's true. Um, I mean, it is conscription. They don't they don't really have to care about what you think about the job that you're getting. It's You're being forced into it. In case you don't know what we're talking about, conscription is taking somebody and forcing them to do certain work. Okay, you may be paying them for it, but that doesn't make it any less slavery. We fought, we fought a war over it. Um, in the War of 1812, they were uh, the British were taking our uh, merchants, uh, merchant marines, our, our seamen, uh, you know, people that were just in boats delivering stuff, not mm-hmm. uh, not warriors. Um, they took them and they conscripted them into their navy, and we fought a war over that. We believe that's wrong here in America, right? And there is, but the- Abraham Lincoln didn't, and then they brought it back for uh, I believe World War II is when the draft World came War II, back. yeah, the draft came back for that. 
Uh, I'm constantly amazed by the unctuous dishonesty with which collectivists describe servitude as an opportunity. The words mandatory and opportunity are blood enemies. Those who force them into an unnatural marriage remind me of a story I came across years ago in a book called Showa, The Age of Hirohito. As the Pacific War was grinding down, a Japanese commander summoned a squadron of fighter pilots and told them they'd received an opportunity to die for the emperor in kamikaze attacks. <laughs> Each of them was handed two ballots and ordered to choose the one that best described his attitude regarding that opportunity. One ballot read, willing, the other, very willing. <laughs> Such is always the case when the state and those running it out of their boundless generosity and magnanimity extend to the rest of us an opportunity to surrender our time, property, and lives in the state's service. Our privilege in this transaction is to submit with docility, nay, with happy gratitude, to whatever imposition our rulers see fit to inflict on us, including the surrender of our lives in their service. This is emphatically not the same thing as serving our country. Every individual who provides any useful service, whether as a volunteer, an employee, businessman, is serving our country. Collectivists believe that coercion is the magic ingredient that makes state-imposed service morally superior to private industriousness. They have the sovereign right to luxuriate in their delusions. Should they seek to inflict them on my family, they will do so at their mortal peril. And... Yeah, I was going to say that during the Vietnam War, one of the reasons why I think we had so much political turmoil is because of the draft, because people were burning the draft cards, they didn't want to go. I think what's really holding back some of the protests and some of the activism around the war, even though there's still a lot, is the fact that it's still voluntary, so you're only seeing people go over there who were volunteering for it. The draft would actually end the war quicker. I don't Even know. Though I don't want to see that. Yeah, I certainly don't want to bring it uh, bring it back. But I think you're right. I think a lot of people would galvanize against it. I think you would see uh, hopefully some protests. I think it would uh, really give a boost to the anti-war crowd as well. And I, and I would hope that Americans wouldn't roll over for it. I mean, Americans are. I mean, they're pretty easily victimized by the government. They pretty much do whatever it is the government wants them to. But in the case of actually having to go and die for the government, hopefully some Americans would have the courage to just say no. That's true, and I think that the only thing Americans are really guilty of is being complacent and a little lazy lately, but I think that's changing. And as that changes, you're going to see many Americans refuse to do things out of principle, like you're already seeing it. You're seeing Ed Brown, you're seeing yes. people say it's no. It's the tip of the iceberg. That's it's right. It's just, just starting. It's just starting, and, and it's, a, it's going to be a tidal wave. Right, and, and the Free State Project is going to be a really important factor in all of this. Uh, more about the draft coming up in Hour 3. We'll continue this story, and i got another one as well. But let's go to Dimitri in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dimitri. Oh, hey. How's it going? What's on your mind? Uh, well, my mind is on the new presidential candidate, Ron Paul, and yes. the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. And your thoughts? And my thoughts, I think Ron Paul is the real deal, but, you know, all of a sudden Fox News, like, uh, I used to watch Fox News for, like, a long time. Like, they start to, like, attack him and smear him, which I think is totally ir- irrelevant. And I think uh, the other candidates, like uh, Rudy Giuliani, is going to continue the war. And, like, Senator McCain, recently he visited Iraq, and he told there there was progress there, but there actually was no progress. Like, he was walking around with, like, a bunch of troops in the market, you know, with snipers all over, like, the rooftops. And um, also, i like to say that, like, the insurgents in Iraq... And compared to the United States military, the insurgents, you know, they're not being forced to fight. Nope. They want to fight because... Yeah. the they, insurgents have not been conscripted. Right. Because, because they have a cause. They're fighting for what they believe. You know, like, I was, you know, I'm a high school, I'm about to graduate high school. I was thinking about, I'm joining the military, but then I started to do Ooh. research 
about what actually goes on in Iraq. You know, you're not really fighting for a good cause. No, you're not. You're not fighting for freedom. You're fighting for political causes. You're fighting for the benefit of certain old men and women in Washington. That's it, and that's all. And, and thank goodness you did that research. I'm glad you didn't join the military, and hopefully you'll consider instead joining the Free State Project and coming and fighting for liberty. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's a peaceful, voluntary sort of a fight. There's no actual violence here. Uh, Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control. It is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free. That's freetalklive.com. We've been talking about the draft, or as it's now being termed, national service. John Edwards, uh, one of the Democratic presidential candidates, was recently actually here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, where we do this show from. Well, and anybody who's a presidential candidate has to come through New Hampshire, and they might as well come to Keene, right? Right, that, and apparently that's what's been happening. And he has apparently, at his most recent engagement, been promoting his... Uh, of course, he's trying to promote himself as an anti-war candidate, which we all know is not true. He voted for the Iraq War, and even if he's against it now, it doesn't mean that he's against war. It means he's against the Iraq War, and so he can't be counted on for uh, to oppose uh, nation-building. He can't be counted on for anything like that. He's just another politician. But he's, he's claiming to be anti-Iraq War at the same time promoting national service, which, in case you don't know, that's the draft. It's the return of the draft. The, the selective service system is still in place. It's still there. They still have draft registration in this country if you're a male. And now he's talking about actually expanding it uh, from beyond just males to everybody. He wants every American to have the opportunity to serve their country. And, of course, it's not an opportunity at all. It's coercion. You're forcing people to join uh, to, to, to work for the government. That's what he's talking about, and that's what the National Service Plan is all about. And cra- crappy pay, too, and, and poor living conditions. That's right, but you should feel good because you're serving the community. You know, if it, was, if it was serving, you'd have the option of doing it. Well, exactly right, and there, are, there, is, no, there is no option when it comes to conscription. You're, just, you're forced in, and if you don't want to go, you're going to go to a jail cell, and if you don't want to go to that jail cell, then they're going to maybe kill you. Maybe because if, if the cops come to or throw you in a jail cell and you resist, well... I mean, it, they might shoot you. So I don't think that's very appropriate in the, in the so-called land of the free. In a, in a country where there's an, an actual prohibition in the Constitution itself, in the Bill of Rights, the 13th Amendment, prohibiting slavery. But apparently the government's exempt from, from that amendment. Oh, it's I, not slavery if the government says it's not. Oh, I guess it's not slavery if they don't call it slavery, right? They're going to call it national service. In fact, um, William Norman Gregg at LewRockwell.com points out in, in his article uh, that conscription is chattel slavery of the most pernicious variety. It is intrinsically immoral and entirely unconstitutional. The Bible even records that when the apostle Israel, apostate Israel sought a king, the prophet Samuel offered a detailed warning of the tyranny and corruption the monarchy would bring in its train. The very first curse that he mentioned was conscription. Conscripts were employed in King George III's war against the American colonies, along with enlistees and mercenaries. On one occasion, writes Stanley Weintraub in his uh, in his book, 
Uh, a group of hungry British soldiers on short rations were shot while foraging for potatoes in an open field. And General Burgoyne warned the life of a soldier is the property of the king. And that any redcoat caught venturing beyond British lines would be instantly hanged. So that was the British that shot their own troops, in case you didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't get that. No. Um, they um, shot their own guys. Well, you know, I know that they, they, they hung... Uh, Hanged. I'm not sure how you, in that particular instance, how you use that word, mm-hmm. but I know that they um, hanged quite a few uh, British soldiers uh, for, you know, desertion or, or whatever, and I guess they couldn't have gotten very far, right? The life of the soldier is the property of the king, or the president, or dictator. Such is the nature of conscription, which is why it has no place in any society that claims to be free. In defending the Lincoln regime's imposition of conscription during the war between the states, the New York Times published a House editorial in 1863 that digested the case for the draft to one simple proposition. Quote, Our national authority has the right under the Constitution to every dollar and every right arm in the country for its protection. That is the country, the protection of the government. Right. Uh, as I have pointed out before, this That's makes... That's a bunch of big government crap there. Yeah. This makes obvious the fact that through conscription, the subjects exist to protect the government rather than the government existing to protect citizens. Bernard, which, is, which goes back to my point that I was making the other night about why it is you can't count on government to protect you. As far as an invading country is concerned, the government's just going to protect its infrastructure. And it's going to conscript people in order to do that. The government's not protecting you. That's just a, a fantasy. And if you take it a step further, you know, with all the rampant mercantilism we have in this country, that special interests also dictate what wars are fought and why, even though they're sold as something totally different. Sure, yep. um, absolutely. The lobbyists are just as much policymakers, um, it seems, as the uh, legislators or the uh, the president. Um, so, you know, whatever the biggest lobby with the most money wants is what we get. And I, it looks to me like the oil lobby had uh, probably something to do with what's going on in Iraq. Sure. Here's another uh, here's another look into the mindset of these control freaks. Uh, Bernard Baruch, Woodrow Wilson's commissar for war production. Remember the guy that got elected because he said he was going to keep us out of war. Uh, and also Woodrow Wilson, um, one of the guys with very famous anti-liberty quotes in regards to education. He was one of the guys that put put together the socialist education system. Here. I imagine he has a great deal yeah, of anti-liberty quotes. He was also the first one in known history to actually say that the United States should make the world world safe for democracy. Yep. Um, so here he is. Um, this isn't Woodrow Wilson, but it's one of his right-hand men, uh, Bernard Baruch. Similarly blunt in his description of the World War I-era war socialism system for which conscription provided a foundation. Quote, Every man's life is at the call of the nation, and so must be every man's property. We are living today in a highly organized state of socialism. This is an American uh, person who said this. The state is all... The individual is of importance only as he contributes to the welfare of the state. His property is his only as the state does not need it. What? He Yuck. must hold his life and All possessions. All I'm hearing is Stalin. What is that? This is an American. This is the uh, commissar for war production under Woodrow Wilson's um, administration. Oh, my God. But, but I haven't finished the quote yet. His property is his only as the state does not need it. He must hold his life and possessions at the call of the state. Unquote. that. Yuck! I'm I'm flabbergasted. That, that that sounds like communist tripe. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. 
It's uh, it's state worshiping mentality, the idea that the state came before uh, the people, and of course it's it's in direct contradiction with the, the founding fathers of the de- Declaration of Independence, and you know the the uh, the concepts behind this country. The the concept behind the American government is that government was created by the people. We the people we consented to create this government in order to protect certain you know life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. Uh, but people like this guy believe that the state came first. He yeah. believed the state created people and that people must live to serve the state. Did he write this or did he say it in a speech? Because I think there'd be a lot of people back in that era of America that, who probably would have stoned him if he said it out in public. In the not sure. Place. It's not uh, It's not clear here where that, where that was. Edwards, but I guess if you want to look it up, look up Bernard Baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, and right. maybe you can find that out. But it sh- actually what it shows is the thrust of thought that was sort of um, that, that, that where they steered America from Woodrow Wilson on. Right, yeah. This, has been, this was what they were thinking a hundred years ago, and it's just been getting worse from there. Right. Edwards wants, this is John Edwards again, who's calling for the return to the draft, but he's calling it national service. He wants to remove U.S. troops from Iraq while designating a strategic plan to deal with the genocidal intercommunal war that has been made inevitable by U.S. intervention. This would require a large permanent U.S. presence in the region and almost certainly mean involvement in military conflicts beyond Iraq. This, in turn, will mean expanding the ranks of the military through involuntary servitude, with civilian service being treated as a concomitant civic responsibility. Assuming that Muslim radicals hate us for our freedom, the Edwards approach would solve that problem by extinguishing it. uh, Ron Paul's approach is much better. End the war. Bring the troops home. Resume the practice of genuinely even-handed diplomacy abroad and reduce the size and expense of domestic government by several orders of magnitude. Opposition to conscription is an obvious and indispensable element of that program and one that would capture the attention of freedom-focused young people. Ron Paul's anti-imperialist campaign has already gone viral. Imagine how his campaign would expand and prosper if he mounted a youth appeal focusing on a promise to not let the state steal their future through conscription. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? Um, Well, I uh, came to New Hampshire uh, originally from North Carolina. I just moved up here last summer. Congratulations. Um, The first term that John Edwards was in the Senate, he opposed a bill, voted against a bill that had been introduced to end selective service. Now, this bill, the Pentagon spokespeople who testified about this bill said, yeah, we really think that the selective service system, is it serves no good purpose for national security. Um, we really think it's a waste of money and a waste of time. Hang on, Mike. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. But Edwards voted against it because he's in favor of forced servitude. The draft. More coming back. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Martin. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features for free, including updates. You just get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. 
We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. As we go back to the phones and to the amplifier line, returning to Mike in New Hampshire. Now, Mike, you were telling us that you'd come from North Carolina, which apparently is the state where, I guess, John Edwards is from. And the the only reason we're talking about this douche is uh, because he supports the draft. He has been advocating for national service, which is sort of the kinder, gentler version of the draft, in that the only thing that's really changed is instead of forcing everyone into the military, they're going to force people into various different areas of the government. That's it, all. It also makes the unemployment rate look, uh, look smaller, too. Really? Yeah, because once these people are in the military, if they're out of work, then the unemployment rate's lower. I see. Um, well, I don't know. It's going to be a random system, as I understand it, so it would still only hit people on a random basis, allegedly. Uh, but nonetheless, you were saying that apparently he shot down or voted against a bill that was to eliminate the selective service, right? Right. This was uh, pre-September 11th. This is when he first got into the Senate. It would have been uh, 98 or 99. Um, as I said, the Pentagon uh, spokesmen who were there to testify uh, about this bill, the Pentagon was in favor of the bill to end selective service. They said it was a waste of, a waste of resources, that it did not contribute anything to national security, etc. Um, I first uh, came in contact with Edwards when I wrote to ask him to support this bill, and uh, not only did he vote against the bill, shoot it down, but he sent me a letter back bragging about, first of all, having voted this bill down, and second, that he was working for mandatory national service. Mm. Um, this, is, this has been his hobby horse all along. I mean, this is his big issue. He even in his home county in North Carolina, he got community service made mandatory for high school graduation. Mm-hmm. That's, how it was, now, uh, that's how it was down in Sarasota. You had to do 75 hours of so-called community service to graduate. You're kidding right. me. No. It's like prison. Well, I bunked and, you know, I sort of uh, fudged it. I just got somebody to sign off on a piece of paper. I mean, that's what what they required is that you show somebody who's an adult who has signed off claiming that you've done such and such. And so I just got somebody to sign off for me. But, yeah, that's what they require. Right. Hmm. Well, he he bragged about this. And so my response, and this has probably got, got me on his shoot-on-sight list, uh, my response was that I, I think he's mistaken because – Southern candidates aren't supposed to run on the pro-slavery platform anymore. That went out in <laughs> 1865. Nice. Um, but he, uh, his plan was on, their, on the website when he was running for vice president. Um, and I don't know if you may remember, but Aaron Rousseau, who was working to get the uh, libertarian nomination, raised a, a big stink about that and, and got them to pull it off of their website because they were so scared of the big deal he was making about it. But the the really nasty thing about this mandatory national service is that it's not going to be a lottery. It's not going to be random, and, and you're not going to get a choice. Oh, really? The, the idea is that everyone between 18 and 26 will have to serve at least two years of national service. And that's under Edwards' plan? Because everybody's got their own different version right. this of this is, plan. This is, this is the plan that was posted on, on his website back when he was running for vice president. Oh, my goodness. Um, and the it basically, it, it's very much in line with, um, I don't know if you remember the bill that, uh, oh, shoot, 
a Democrat from New York. Uh, his name Charles Rangel. He, he's the one that brings yeah. it back every single year. Right. He's got that bill out there, and basically that's what Kerry, uh, or what uh, Edwards was supporting. And mm. in that bill, if you read it, it's mandatory national service for everybody between 18 and 26, and it's not a case of well. You know, I'll go into the Army and do my service, or no, I, I don't want to deal with the Army. No, the deal is that the military gets first shot at everybody who comes in, and anybody they don't want then goes into AmeriCorps or something like that. Hmm. So basically, and, and they, they said that the purpose of this was to provide, essentially, they don't use these terms, but labor battalions that will go places like Afghanistan and Iraq. So... Your choice, well, not even your choice, actually, you will end up in a combat zone either with a rifle or without a rifle, but it's not your choice. <laughs> now, uh, wow. now, now my, my understanding of uh, this, this whole national service thing was that you got the choice, um, and you're, you're disputing that, that, um, that, that you got to choose between the military or, if you wanted to, you could do some Peace Corps thing or, uh, I don't know, hand out blocks of cheese to poor That's people or whatever. That's the way it works in most of the uh, socialist countries around the world that have mandatory national service, and that's the way that a lot of the, the kinder, gentler national service people want to push it. But, in fact, if you read the bill, that's not what it says. It says that you know the, the military decides if they want you. If they don't want you, then you go to... That makes sense. Yeah, it wouldn't but, surprise me. I, I totally believe what you're saying. It, it basically, what, the way it would work would be if you got the dra- if you um, when you get into this national service program, if you make it a loud enough objection and you basically tell them, well, you know, if you want to put me in the military, I'm just going to sit there. You know, I'm not going to do anything. So if you if you object loudly enough about it, then the military probably won't want you, and so then they'll move you into that alternate program. You think? Uh, that's that's probably uh, one of the things that'll happen. Of course, uh, something you were discussing earlier about uh, you know people being considered property. Now, I'm a 10-year veteran of the Army, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things people don't realize is they make no bones about it. You are considered property. Right, right. Soldier. And I I saw people in the military if they injured themselves through what the army determined was their own negligence and rendered themselves incapable of performing their duty, they could be charged with damaging government property. And <laughs> if, if they got a tattoo that wow. was not authorized, or I, I saw a case where a guy got some pretty blatant hickeys from his girlfriend that uh-huh. were covered up, they charged him with defacing government property. Oh I, heard a story, I heard a story about a guy who got a sunburn. Right, yeah, sunburn can do it too. Yeah. Wow, I've never heard of that before. That is outrageous. So you don't even own yourself anymore at all. That's what you're and, saying. And that's why uh, people don't realize it. But uh, you and, go in the military, and they will use you as a guinea pig for human trials and right. vaccines. Well, so the same thing will happen to these kids in national service. They'll they'll exactly. join up for national service, and they won't own themselves for two years exactly. or whatever the ter- term is. It's actually longer than two years. That's just the minimum they have to serve. Right. And look what's happening with the National Guardsmen. They're getting three and four calls of duty, and they're supposed to only have one or two. Well, there you go. Thanks for the call, Mike. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's pretty scary, huh? I mean, people are actually advocating this. Uh, John Edwards making this one of his campaign platforms, apparently, at this point. And he's not the only one out there. Charles Rangel, uh, there are people on you know both sides of the aisle that I think would like to see this happen. 
And it's dangerous. Dangerous to your liberty and dangerous to freedom. Good time to shut it down. If you support the idea, though, I really want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Maybe you could explain to us why this national service is really a good thing. Maybe we've made a mistake. I doubt it, though. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features free, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, two sizes. will fit virtually any Internet connection, and they're there for you, freetalklive.com. Did you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you to be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. As we go to the phones and to the fun, it is James in Alaska. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, James. Hey, how you doing today, guys? Great. Hey. What's on your mind? Hey, I was talking or listening to you talk about that. Uh, draft and national service and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been drafted or anything like that, but uh, I've been talking to some folks, and they say that when you go into the draft board and, you know, like they're calling up troops and all that stuff, there's a line that you have to step across. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you uh, step across this line and you'll be in the Army. Well, <laughs> I've heard that you could just not step across the line. Not stepping across that line today, Sergeant. Yep, I've heard mm. that too. We've actually uh, we actually read on the air. I think it was a couple of years ago. A very extended, detailed sort of uh, description of this supposed line and this theory. And it, it is an interesting theory. And I and I think that if you ended up in a in an area where there was a strange line on a floor and they were trying to get you to cross it, you probably shouldn't. But I don't know if I would ever want to go into that uh, military facility in the first place. Right. So, I don't want to get that far. That, yeah. That's true. But I mean, there's folks that want to get there. Their, uh, their uh, college or, or school loans and stuff like that, you know, and that, and that's some of that's uh, predicated on you uh, signing up for the draft in some states. You that's know, true. Which, You're right. Would, that's what they well, say that's, on your on your draft card got, is that if you uh, if you don't if you don't fill out the draft card, then you will you know you won't be able to get a, a federal loan. But hey, you know that's that's the price you pay for freedom is you don't get to get bennies from the the federal government. So I'm not you know. concerned. Uh, well, and I think that's how they get around that Thirteenth Amendment uh, prohibition on slavery. It's, it isn't enforced because you volunteered, you stepped over the line. So. Yep, I've heard that before, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It would make sense because lawyers are sneaky like that, right? You know, they'll they'll tell you that you must show up. And of course, we talked to uh, Robert Menard at ThinkFree.ca, and and he points out that they redefine words in law, and it turns out that the word must doesn't actually mean what you think it means. And you know, the, the all these words that you think you know what they mean, they don't actually mean those things when it comes to the law. And so it would make sense that you know in in order to not violate the 13th Amendment, they haven't actually made it mandatory. They've just managed to trick people into volunteering, sort of. I would love to see the fine print on the contract you sign when you when you sign up for the military mm-hmm. and just actually read it. That would be really interesting. It would be probably tough to get one out of the office to look at probably. it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, the cops, won't, I mean, the cops won't even let you take a complaint form home with you. The right. bureaucrats don't like letting go of their paperwork. 
Let's continue with the calls. It's Mac in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to say that uh, I think the national service is a great idea. No, you don't. Come on. What do you mean? Seriously? Well, actually, when you take freedom away from people, like right now, everybody in this country is losing all their freedom. That's right. And so if you if you take the people that think they're free and show them that they're not free by a national service, when they get out of their you know their their deal with the government when they get out they're going to be more likely to join your program you know the free state program yeah but that's presuming they live through it mac and also i'm not willing to sacrifice the young for some some proposed future benefit i i lived through it you know i lived through it you were drafted uh no i was never drafted i actually volunteered Mm. um but all I'm saying is right now today in this world, it's not like back in, you know, 63 they used propaganda, you know, to get us into the war. Now they're using propaganda, propaganda to get us into another war. Right. But every time, every time you use propaganda to get somebody to go fight and kill people, they come back with a whole new um, perspective. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they grow. And maybe There's no hard. doubt about it. I mean, uh, Mark, you grew while you were in jail for nine years, but yeah, I, that didn't mean it was something you should have gone I through. I would say it was a very positive experience for me being in, uh, in you know, a uh, in a maximum security. Should every student maximum uh, security prison? Should every 18-year-old in America have to spend two years of their life in prison? I think they would learn something from the experience. Sure. Something very, very valuable. Not uh, and, cut and out. They would, and they would come out, and they, they would come out, and they'd be more willing to stand up. Or what is right and what is free. Well, it's a, that's a presumption on your part. Certainly there would be some people that thought that. Others might buy into to, to all the brainwashing. They might buy into the propaganda. They might buy into the idea that, hey, I'm serving my country. Because you know I, they'll be indoctrinating the kids year I, after year I, in high school. You know, I, I've called you guys you know, several times. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I served, you know, and I did my thing. And I got out, and I thought I was a good American, and I did the right thing. I, you know, I was a, you know, firefighter after I got out of the service, and, and blah blah blah. You know, I did everything according to what I was taught. And over the years, I've learned that you know everything I was taught has turned out to be a total uh, propaganda thing. It's true. So, You're right, and I'm I'm sorry you had to learn that the hard way. But I don't think that I don't think that we should take your experience and Mark's experience, you know, the experiences of, of being abused by the system, and hey. institutionalize that. I don't think that the the way to rescue kids from their ignorance is by enslaving them for two years. I think that we can help convince uh, young people and older people alike uh, of the benefits of liberty simply by talking to them instead of and, actually and forcing sharing them. the experiences that we had in both the military and in prison. Right. So I don't. I think that enslaving okay. kids is the solution. But, but all I'm trying to say is it's easier to wake somebody up when they're in it rather than somebody that's out of it that doesn't see it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, when somebody has been abused by the state, they're certainly much more uh, receptive to the message of liberty. But, you know, the fact is, we don't need uh, slavery to make that happen. As these young people become adults and and, uh, get out into the real world, they'll inevitably encounter the government. Uh, The government taking their money, the government enforcing regulations and rules on them, and eventually that's going to, uh, to, to... 
that's going to bring them around to our position as well, especially if we're out there constantly making the, the points about freedom and liberty over and over again. And, and I appreciate the call, Mac. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I was going to say, I don't think we have to go that far. I think there's already a mass awakening happening now just over the Ron Paul thing, about a lot of things, the, even the Ed Brown case. There's right. The, and this and Aaron Russo's film, all these things are cr- contributing to this, and I don't think it's going to get that far. I think that we'll we'll be able to stop this encroachment of of, of the state over our lives uh, in a relatively short period of time. And it's an information uh, renaissance. It's an information awakening, and you know uh, we're spreading the word on a, a voluntary basis about freedom and liberty, and showing people that this is the right thing to do. And that's what Ron Paul is doing, and that's what we're doing, and and other activists, and the Libertarian Party, and the Republican Liberty Caucus, and it's it's all you know it's all building over time. More people are coming into the movement. More people are talking to their friends and their family members about it. We don't need to to th- throw kids to the wolves just to to help them understand that uh, that liberty is a good thing. Well That's said. dangerous. Well, I mean, you just can't take you can't take kids and use them for your purposes in that way. I understand that his he's got good intentions there, but I don't think that's an appropriate solution. You know, I I understand the trap that uh, that 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 that, that uh, sort of brings about that he's falling into there. I have said out of my own mouth that I think everybody should do two years in prison. But you're being facetious. You don't really mean that. I sort of mean it in in that I think that it was a great experience for me. I learned so much about, um, you know, humility and, uh, you know, powerlessness and and just all kinds of things about my life. I grew up in prison. I, I was 18 years old when I went to prison. I was 27 when I got out. Right. So, you know... I, I would likely would have learned a great deal outside of prison, but I wasn't outside of prison. Right. So there you go. 1-800-259-9231. So, yes, of course you're going to learn something when you're forced into uh, military service. You'll learn how – or forced into any bureaucratic service. You'll learn how bureaucracies are inefficient and, and slow and stupid and ignorant and uh, have lack of incentive. But then again, there's also the chance that they could be brought even further down the road of, of misinformation and propaganda. Because remember, these kids are being propagandized every year in their government schools. Then they're going to spend two years under the complete control of the state. And that's going to result in some really negative reactions as far as uh, just more indoctrination is concerned. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying my house at (laughs) house.freetalklive.com. (laughs) <laughs> it is house. bought that thing yet? Yeah, well, they will eventually, I'm sure, because the price is right now. At this point, really uh, if it doesn't sell, then it, I should just take it off the market because I need to uh, need to make something out of it. And $175,000 for a 3-2 by the uh, very, I mean, like, minutes away from the beach in sunny Sarasota, Florida. It's, it's a, Sarasota. Everything's minutes from the beach. It's perfect. It's a, uh, per- but this is less minutes than some other places in Sarasota. <laughs> Um, it's a it's a perfect location for uh, for like a secondary home or a primary home, even a vacation sort of a residence, and uh, it's it's the former Free Talk Live studio. So the, our 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 old uh, soundproof room is still there. So if you if you, you go do, in there and scream your head off, 
You can maybe put a baby in there or something like that. Let it stream its head off. Right. Uh, I don't think that's the greatest idea in the world. <laughs> or realistically, if you're a musician, to be a perfect recording studio, or even if you're a radio person or whatever, um, or tear the crap off the walls. Yeah. Uh, house.freetalklive.com is where you got to learn more about it, and uh, that would be a big help to me. House.freetalklive.com. <laughs> Let's go to the phones and talk to Paul in Maryland on the amplifier line. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. Um, I'm an ex- ex-Marine, so I want to... Uh, uh, comment on that gentleman's uh, that called in and said that uh, more people should go to the military be due to the draft or selective service, he said? Yeah, his idea was that if we force kids into the military, then they'll get out and they'll uh, they'll want to be free. They'll want liberty and uh, they'll be more susceptible to the message of freedom. I, I was I was fortunate to, to join voluntarily uh, at a later age, and, and I saw these young you know kids go in with me in the, in, in the Marine Corps boot camp. And I can tell you right now, I, you know, I believe that Mark probably had it hard in prison, but in the Marine Corps, you can't even you, you can't even go to the bathroom without permission. Wow! And, and so I really truly believe, and I agree with Mark that when I came out of there, I took a before I went in, I took a lot of stuff for granted. But coming out, I don't I don't any longer. So, so if so, you if you actually um, you know peed your pants or something in the military, that would sort of be defacing government property, right? That's what we were talking about before. <laughs> You're owned by the government and. No, they they actually forced you to do that. They they would force eight canteens of water down our throat, and we would have to pee our egg. What? But, uh, because you can't go to, you can't go to the restroom until an hour after taps. But anyways, there, <sighs> this is the reason why I'm calling you guys because I'm in I'm in huge wow. term I'm in huge turmoil. All right. Uh, is, is there anybody that is very 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 close to you? What Meaning, like physically? Yeah, like like somebody that, that's very important to you. Do you have? Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh, now. When you have somebody that's important to you outside of your radio station, because you guys are very, um, I don't want to say lucky because you, you put a lot of hard work into this, but you have the opportunity to get on, on the air and talk you know, with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not in New, New Hampshire yet, but I will be there soon. Right. And um, when you talk to somebody that's very important to you and they just flat out tell you that you might as well just go ahead and put a gun to your head, and, what do you, what do you, how do you come back to that? You know, how, how do you... You know, they agree. You know, I'm talking about my family members, people okay. that are very close to me. And why would they say that that you should put a gun to your head? Because they say that that's, that's all I talk about is liberty and freedom. And, and so they're and, tired of hearing about it, basically. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's so much they're, they're, that they're tired of hearing about it. Like if, if if we happen to be sitting around and something will happen, like like the Baltimore, you know, Baltimore was getting past that curfew, right? Okay. And I was like, I was like, look, if if that passes, I'm out of here now. Mm. You know, and they're like, w- "Why you got to be so negative?" I said, "I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you that that's that's just a, an infringement upon people's liberties to be able to walk around the streets or drive down to Baltimore." Right. Well, that needs to be said. So uh, don't feel bad for saying it. If they don't want to hear it, then sooner or later the state's going to encroach on them enough where where it'll be too late for them to say anything. Well, th- this is where they come back, Wayne. They they, they say, uh, "Well, you know, if you're right, then you can tell me that you're right." I said, "But look, it's going to be too late." That's right. So then they told you to, to put a gun to your head? because yeah, my, my uncle, I went down to visit my mother in southern Maryland, and we were down there talking, and he was going off about taxes and a whole bunch of other stuff, and I was telling him about the book that I'm writing. And, he, and, he, and I said, look, it's inspired by you. And he's like, what do you mean? And I explained ex- why I was inspired by him, and then we started talking about uh, you know your signature. And I was like, you know, look, are you familiar with red light cameras? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, if you get a ticket going through a red light camera, you get a ticket, don't you? He, He's like, yeah. I said, well, how does he? How do you get the ticket physically? He goes, it gets mailed to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, did you sign anything? He's like, no. 
I said, okay, well, let's say you went through a traffic light where there was no red light cameras and a police officer pulled you over. You're forced to sign that ticket. And if you don't sign that ticket, you go to jail. And I was like, listen, how is it that you don't understand this? I mean, that you understand it, but you can't put it together. He goes, Paul, then you don't believe it, any, any laws. And I said, no, 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 you're taking it wrong. He's like, look, I don't know why you're getting so upset about this. I said, I'm not getting upset about it. I just want to talk. He said, just put a gun to your head and kill yourself. He goes, wow. look, and all my family members say this. They go, look, we're, we can't worry about this every day. We want to just live our lives. Well, you know, there, um, I, when you think about the founding fathers, America wasn't rising up against the king of England. They were doing what they were told. Mm-hmm. And That's what most few, Americans do. A few loud people who just simply wouldn't or couldn't take it, um, you know, they made a bunch of noise. A, a, very, a very small minority. A very small minority. Um, and, you know, they managed to rally people to their side. Still a minority. The people you know, they rallied to their side were still a minority. You know, if, if at the very least, if you're, um, you know, if you're a tax dodger and you speak out against the government or whatever, you're in good company because so was Benjamin Franklin, so was Thomas Jefferson, so was James Madison. But that's not going to. I mean, none of those points are going to make a difference on his family, and I think it's important to point I think out. They here, do. No. They'll just. Uh, well, they'll well just... Here, like, here's a very good imp- important issue. We were talking about my whole family and I. We were talking about inflation. I didn't bring it up. They brought it up. Mm-hmm. And I said, look. I said, you know, you know, I'm trying to give you a synopsis here. I said, look. I said, if somebody comes into your house and steals, let's, let's say, 10 percent of your money, and walks out, you're telling me that that's okay. And they're like, well, as long as I still have my 90 percent. I said, are, <laughs> I, I, I said, am I insane or are or, or, are you insane? No, I think a lot of people are brainwashed, and I think they've become complacent. Right, and this is a problem that I uh, that I encountered personally with my family. Um, my my father is more of a libertarian leaning guy. In fact, he used to come to the Libertarian Party meetings down in Florida, and then he stopped. And I think it's because my mom like cracked down on him or something like that. <laughs> uh, he was weird. He was in the. It, I was managing a campaign for uh, for a Libertarian candidate, and my dad was like behind the campaign. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks before the election, he pulls out and doesn't come to any meetings anymore. And 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 then on election day, he told me he was voting for the Republican. And I said, Well, what happened to your principles? And he didn't really have an excuse for me. I think uh, I think mom. I think that basically my mom was going to turn off the sex or something like that. Well, uh, but anyway, there's no guarantee that uh, that's in fact what he did when he went to that voting voting booth. It was only him standing there. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, but anyway, my point being that uh, my mother could not handle talking about issues, talking about freedom and liberty. She couldn't handle it because I would always ask po- poignant questions that she couldn't really answer very well. I mean, if she if she were to answer the questions, it would have questioned her belief system and her paradigm and all of that, and she didn't want to question her belief system, so she would just refuse to answer the question, and then she would proceed to get upset about the fact that I asked her the question in the first place, and uh, then she demanded that I not uh, talk, talk about those uh, sorts of things with her, to which I said, okay, well, that's fine, then and don't expect me to come around anymore because would you say that your mom's a fearful person i you know, i don't really know um how to answer that i mean it, was she afraid of answering my questions no, yes just fearful in general is she one who would be taken in by all this talk about oh the terrorists are going to come here Probably. if we don't go and get them yeah she's a she's a republican um and hey wayne yes do you have a significant other yes i do so all three of you basically have a significant other. Mm-hmm. Can can all three of you answer me this? Are you able to speak about these issues with your significant other? Well, mine is Julia, so absolutely. 
He's okay. Uh, yeah, his his uh, pretty much mirrors his uh, beliefs. Uh, my my wife's uh, a Democrat in the in the sense that she. You know, if if she's going to vote for one of the two major parties, she's going to vote for a Democrat. Uh, she sort of believes a great deal of libertarian principles, and certainly believes a lot more of them now that she's had to live with me for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, she, on the other hand, does not emphatically does not believe that marijuana or any other drug should be legalized. Um, so, I'm sure she gets kind of tired of it, but eh, you know, she puts up with it. And I'm her husband. What about you, Wayne? Well, my wife's not terribly political, but she she's with me on some things, and, and she thinks I'm a kook on others. But we're not talking about wives, necessarily. We're talking about your family, and it's a totally different situation. Well, um, my, my girlfriend's dying from cancer, so she's not going to be here much longer. That's why, I'm not, that's why I couldn't get up to Ed Brown to help him. I see. And um, as, soon, as soon as she passes away, which the doctors told me she has anywhere between two to three months left mm, and, and, I'm, and I'm headed I'm packing up and I'm going to New Hampshire good well we're looking forward to having you here and unfortunately we're out of time at this point but uh, thank you for the call and we look forward to seeing you soon uh, it, just a final comment on the, the issue of family not wanting to hear about this sort of thing fine that's right. Life is short. Right. If they don't want to hear about it, don't spend your time with them. Because if it's important to you to talk about these things, spend time talking to people that are at least receptive to your message. And in many cases, your family is going to be the most difficult set of prospects you'll ever come across. There's no doubt about it. To those of you that have receptive families, you're so lucky. It's been I Ian wish. here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.